0: Hello, I'm Steve Corbin. Welcome to Revelation Health, where we open your eyes to the often confusing world of health and health insurance. It is our goal to provide you with the information you need in a way that you can understand it to give you the confidence to be a better advocate for you and your families. We are brought to you by the Kingdom Health Group, a local nonprofit whose mission is to help working families in the Pioneer Valley overcome the financial burden caused by medical debt. So uh, last uh, our last podcast episode, we talked about kind of the, the rising costs of healthcare and health insurance and some of the the key factors in that, and what I want to do today is kind of just um, build upon that. Uh, upon when I was actually reviewing that and, and listening to the the podcast, I was kind of going, "Hey, you know what? I, I kind of think I might have left out a couple points there that that I wanted to make um, and really kind of help you understand." what what's kind of going on going on kind of behind the curtain with the health insurance industry to kind of give you just some insight i mean at the end of the day uh the the couple things that i'm going to talk about you as a consumer uh, there's not much you can kind of do out there to to change your behavior or to to kind of do anything that's going to to change this but maybe just kind of pay attention um as legislations passed be it locally you know statewide or federally and just stay attuned to what is in there and, and just, if you can, have conversations with local legislators, because one of these things is is kind of government-driven, and the other thing is just kind of past practice and how the the establishment is set up. And so really what we're going to be talking about today is, is what I'm going to say is uh, misaligned incentives, and it's just how the system's set up a little bit with incentives in place that don't necessarily have the end consumer. And whether or not uh, the practice is in place let me rewind. So I think the practice is in place for for good reasons, right? So the couple of things we're gonna talk about. I, I think the people who established them had good reasons for doing so. But as our healthcare system changed and how things, you know, got more complicated, I think these incentives kind of became reversed. Um, And the first one I'm going to talk about is um, broker compensation. Okay. There's a couple, there's actually two layers to this one where I think it's incentivized. Let's just jump into it and then we'll kind of rewind and I'll I'll tell you what I'm thinking. So the first is in the small group arena, because the one thing to to understand is that broker compensation, just standard broker compensations, typically divided between small group which is under 50 employees, and large group, which is over 50 employees. Um, In the small group arena, it is a lot more um, legislated what that compensation should be. Uh, it's, It's more of a per subscriber or per member per month fee where, you know, me as a broker, if I'm representing a small group client, I typically will get maybe about $25 a head regardless of what's going on, right? No matter what I do, no matter how great of a job I do, no matter um, what level of expertise I bring to the table, that's a flat amount. I'm not going to get any more, any less, you know, on average, 25 ahead. As it goes down, if you got under 10, a lot of the carriers are giving you even less. And even if you ask, you know, certain carriers out there, if, if I ask them to do help, if I ask them to help me onboard and things like that, they strip you even more of your compensation. I think that's a bit of a a reverse incentive for somebody to be like a highly qualified, a, a really seasoned professional in the industry. And just being honest, there's really not a lot of financial incentive for those individuals to want to do the work in the small group arena, right? And in my opinion, I think the small business owners are the ones that need that level of expertise more so than the large groups. Uh, and we'll kind of, when we flip the script in a couple of minutes, I'll tell you why. But I mean, the reality is a lot of these small business owners, they're wearing 10 hats. You know, they, they may be the owner, HR director, CFO, you know, they have 15 employees. They're doing everything soup to nuts. They don't have an HR department. They don't have, you know, typically a, a CFO helping them run the finances and things like that. So these folks are really looking to us as their advisor um, for all things health insurance, all things employee benefits, be it, you know, an HR-related issue, be it a financial issue, be it, you know, just helping with the day-to-day. And that model, again, with with the level of assistance that they need in their day-to-day, a lot of these larger corporate type brokerage agencies, your 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 hubs, your USIs, your Mercers of the World, a lot of these larger corporate, they're scaling back on the service that they're giving to a group that actually needs the service the most. And it's the local agencies that are filling that void. And it's again, it's a service that you know you provide and you want to do it. That's why I think it's the importance of the of the independent local agencies it's such a great need right now because they are providing that incredible service to the folks that need it the most problem. We talked about last week or two weeks ago was that the smaller independent agencies are getting bought out at at just a a, a scary clip by these larger national firms. Right. And so when they get bought out by these larger national firms, uh, you know, originally, you know, rate for a couple of years, they continue that service model. Then all of a sudden that firm is just like, Hey, listen, this is not a profitable service model, so we need to scale back on the service. Uh, and so the folks that need the help the most aren't getting it. Now flip the script to the large group. So now the large group ends up in a percentage of premium category for their broker compensation. And this is where, again, it's a percentage of premium. It typically can make a, a, you know some more money when you're representing the larger clients. So then when you're doing it this way, the way I, the reason I think that the percentage, and I'm going to rewind too, because I don't have the answer to the problem. I'm just talking about what the problems are today. I I wish I had this. I kind of do have the solution, but I think it's a tougher solution. and it's a long-term solution, but in the larger group, you get paid a percentage of what the premiums are. And the reason why I think that's a negative is because if the premiums go up, you basically get a pay raise. So if one of my clients gets a 15% increase in their premiums because i'm getting paid a percentage of premium as my compensation from the carrier then i'm getting rewarded for a 15 percent increase and when i look at that i kind of think that that's a backward that's reverse right i should get rewarded for the low for lowering of the premium i shouldn't make more as the premiums go up so that's where i think it's, it's kind of misaligned now as you start getting into some of the larger groups and some of the groups that are self-funding, that that business model really does radically change. You start moving away from um, the, the brokers of the world and you start working with advisors and consultants. And then the way the compensation works from an advisor and a consultant, you're actually paid directly from the group and they pay you a, a flat fee agreed upon you know consulting or you know advisory fee that they pay you throughout you know through the year. I actually really really like that model it's actually one of the reasons why I actually went out and got my health insurance advisors license so at some point I can kind of flip the script and just only work on a um, from an advisor fee perspective because I think that really aligns everything when you're working from as an advisor there's actually um, a gentleman who I follow on on LinkedIn and and, in all the socials and um, he's been really on the forefront of of making these types of changes, and his business model is just that: he gets a flat fee, and then he gets a percentage of annual savings, which I think is is it's such a great way to to do it, right? So he gets paid from the group regardless of the size. You know, he 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 does a lot of great things, and then what he does is they pay him a fee, just call it five grand, and then he gets twenty percent of first year savings. So if that renewal, that first year renewal, he saves him 20,000, he gets 20% of that. So I think that's kind of the answer. I don't know how we get to that on a national level, but I, I think, again, some, from a broker compensation, I think it is a little bit misaligned because we're not rewarding brokers for helping those people that need the help the most. And then we're overcompensating the brokers in the larger group area by by rewarding them for you know bringing in high increases. So I think we need to kind of get that in line because I think um, especially seeing that broker compensation outside of consulting fees is paid directly from the insurance carriers. So it is actually a part of your health insurance premiums. The next piece where I really think we are misaligning incentives and just really having things misaligned is under what's called the medical loss ratio. So, the Affordable Care Act, back when it was passed, or Obamacare, whatever, you know, however you want to call it, but when it was passed, it included what was called an um, MLR, right? So, so, medical loss ratio. And what the medical loss ratio is, it's a percentage of a health plan's revenue that's used for medical care and quality improvement as opposed to administrative costs. And so, we're going to kind of go over that. And then, as we go through this, I'll, I'll, I'll break it down and why I think it's a little bit backwards, right? This is one of those pieces of legislation where I. I look at it and I say, you know, I think potentially, you know, it was put in there altruistically that they really thought that this was going to be helpful. But as I kind of back in there and deconstruct it for you, you're going to see where it, there's there's huge issues with it, right? Because they wanted to make sure that health insurance dollars were primarily directed toward patient well-being and quality of care and not administrative, okay? So it was, it was kind of a, a big part of the Obamacare regis- legislation. And so, uh, allowing them to to really focus on again quality of care, cost improvements, they felt that health insurance carriers were going to provide um, better value to all the enrollees, right? So when we look at medical loss ratio for on a national level in small groups, which I've already explained to you, a small group is defined as employees with 50 or less employees, right? the minimum loss or or medical loss ratio for that population is 80%. So that means 80 cents out of every dollar needs to go to pay for quality and healthcare related expenses, right? Sounds great. It really makes sense. So the overhead, you know, that, that they have to pay their, you know, kind of keep the lights on, we'll call it, right? So that they have to pay their bills, pay their administration and, and handle all those types of issues is 20%. So 80, 20, that's, that's seems reasonable right in massachusetts in the small group that's 88 percent so that means anybody any health insurance carrier doing business in massachusetts needs to maintain an 88 loss ratio meaning only 12 cents out of every dollar can go to administrative costs um, and when i talk about administrative costs i you know revert back to the conversation we just had about broker fees and broker compensation uh, but also executive compensation and any type of, you know, just anything you could think of it from an admin perspective, you know, real estate costs, you know, cost of electricity, costs of paper, you know, hard hardware costs, anything. They have 12% out of every dollar goes to pay for that stuff. When we start looking at the large group, that is 85%. So it's it's 85%, 85 cents of every dollar. So you see where I'm coming from, where I think that the legislators put this in there thinking this was, was a good thing. All right. So, they're looking at it and they're going, all right, so this is a good thing. We're forcing them to invest their money into healthcare costs and quality improvement. So, make the cost of healthcare less expensive. It's not exactly how it's working right now. So, rather than focusing on that 85, 80, 85, or 88%, we're going to focus on the smaller number, right? And we're going to focus on what's included in that smaller number. And think of this as a pie. Right so if you if you start thinking about this as a pie 80% and we're going to use 80 I think it's it's easier to use that round number right so 80% of that pie is is claims 20% of that pie includes things like executive compensation includes things like profit includes things like you know employee compensation you know and so when we focus on that piece of the pie an executive cannot make any more money as long as the health insurance costs stay the same so if those if that 80 percent doesn't grow that 20 percent cannot grow so when our four largest health insurance companies in this country are for profit industries meaning they're publicly traded and the responsibility of the board and the executives is to the shareholder to increase their profit The only way that we can increase that profit is by increasing how much we spend in that 80% piece of the pie. And as though that 80% piece of the pie is majority claim related expenses, they need to pay more in claims. So as their claim costs go up, thus their 20% goes up and they can start spending more money on guess what? executive compensation, shareholder profits, things of that nature. So when we start looking at this and equating it into the fact that these these executives are running a for-profit publicly traded business and they need to make profits, they're not gonna be focused solely on reducing that 80% because as that 80% goes down, so does their ability to give themselves raises. You know, so does their ability to give away bonuses, you know. So is their ability to, you know, to have a board of directors that's highly compensated, right? And I'm not saying any one of these things is is a horrible thing. I'm just saying that when your health insurance industry is majority, you know, is is predominantly run on a national level by for-profit companies, this becomes a huge misaligned incentive. The focus drifts, right and i'm not saying i'm not calling out all these executives and saying they're horrible people and they're they're greedy as can be i mean that may be the case it may not be the case i personally don't know any of them right so they may want to do the right thing but again as i've said a thousand times this industry that we're in is just laden we just have a lot of really good people just stuck in a in a, in a bad industry so not a bad industry just you know something that again has a ton of misaligned incentives a lot of mixed messages so that said, that's it that's really I, I really when i was listening to the podcast that i released the last time and um, we were talking about issues that were creating rising healthcare costs i sat back and i listened i said you know what? i really kind of missed the boat on that one there were, the, these two i think are extremely important now i'm not i don't have the answer to the mlr issue i think potentially you know there, there's got to be some changes there there there's got to be ways to allow people to be compensated what they're worth while not impacting your health insurance rates but i i don't have those answers we're just bringing up some questions today guys so and that said so as i always say in a world full of choices choose kindness until next time i'm steve corbin and this is revelation health